Our text this morning is from Matthew chapter 11. We'll begin reading at verse 20. Then Jesus began to rebuke the cities in which most of his mighty works had been done because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. These are your words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Dear fellow redeemed in Christ, it is tempting to think that Jesus is so nice that he doesn't really care if you sin. It is tempting to presume that Jesus is so nice that surely he will not consider the things you do, the things you say, the things you think to be deserving of eternal condemnation. It is tempting to shape Jesus into such a nice person that he will agree with you and your opinions on morality, on worship, on sexuality and love and never voice disagreement with you. But we only think that of Jesus. If we only think in such ways, uh, or we only do think in such ways, if we forget, ignore, or delete the words of Jesus in their fullness. Too often, we, what we hear today from Matthew 11, and similar words in all the Gospels, is deliberately excised from the Jesus we want to manipulate for our benefit to avoid possible displeasure. The cities noted here by Matthew did not get to avoid that. Jesus rebuked the cities that have not listened to his call to repentance, his call to turn from sin, his call to believe in him as the Messiah, the one promised through Moses and all the other prophets. Jesus has done mighty works in these cities of Chorazin and Bethsaida. The sick are healed, the lame walk, the demon-possessed are freed. But because of unrepentance, hard-heartedness, rejection of his word, Jesus now speaks this prophetic word, woe to you. Woe is severe displeasure a word of warning, a wake-up call to those dozing in spiritual apathy. Jesus intensifies that strong rebuke to these cities along the north coast of the Sea of Galilee by comparing them to other cities, Phoenician cities, non-Israelite cities, Tyre and Sidon. Those ancient cities of pervasive idolatry, including child sacrifice, had one biblical prophet after another condemn them, warn them, point them out as examples of exactly what God's people should not be. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Joel, Amos, Zechariah, these prophets cried out against Tyre and Sidon. They were greedy and idolatrous. Woe to you. These are the cities pagan ones that Jesus says would have repented in, in deep sorrow, in sackcloth and ashes, if they had seen 
what Chorazin and Bethsaida witnessed, the mighty works of Jesus. Woe to you. Today is Ash Wednesday, the start of a new season of the Christian church year called Lent. It is a season of preparation, of examination of life, of hearing the call to repentance from Jesus. It is also the season of seeing what great things Jesus has done for you and me, culminating in the world-changing events of Good Friday and Easter morning. Today is the first step of this season, the way that leads to Jesus' betrayal, suffering, and death, but the way that leads finally to life. We begin a penitential season then, a season of repentance, but we do so not as if repentance is something new in our lives or reserved for these weeks before Easter. No, repentance is something in which we live daily as those who are baptized into Christ. We confess that very truth of the ongoing life of repentance for the Christian in the small catechism. When we say such baptizing with water means that the old Adam in us should by daily contrition and repentance be drowned and die with all sins and evil lusts, and that a new man daily come forth and arise who shall live before God in righteousness and purity forever. Daily contrition and repentance, sorrow, remorse over sin, a conscience terrorized by the threat of God's wrath against our sin, sin we cannot dodge, sin we cannot excuse, sin we must own as our own. Repentance includes understanding how much we deserve this woe to you that Jesus spoke to Bethsaida and Chorazin. We take the heart to call the call to repent, turn from sin, see your true need. Now in this brief text of Matthew 11, we do not find good news explicitly proclaimed. We hear Jesus berating the unrepentant, calling them out for their stubbornness, a word they needed to hear, as do we when we backslide, when faith grows cold, when we turn deaf ears to the voice of Jesus. Jesus' strong word of law must be spoken. It brings about the work of breaking down our defense, showing us reason for terror and fear over sin. The woe to you of Jesus reveals the deadly peril we are in when confronted with the obligations we fail to achieve. As one hymn put it, there was no spot in me by sin untainted, sick with sin's poison, all my heart had fainted, my heavy guilt to hell had well nigh brought me, such woe it wrought me. But remember this, Matthew's record of the mighty works of Jesus does not end here in Matthew 11. Jesus will meet many other sinners in the course of what remains of his public ministry here on earth. Some will listen, most will not. But this did not deter Jesus from the way he came to walk. He came to this earth, taking on our human flesh and blood, the true God-man for us and for our salvation. He did not wait for us to come to him. He came to us while we were yet sinners. 
The love of Jesus for sinners is not about him turning a blind eye to our sin, but going to suffering and death because of that sin, to pay for it with his holy, precious blood and innocent suffering and death. And why? So that you might be his. Jesus would not stumble or fall as he went to that hill outside the walls of Jerusalem, toward a cross on which he would hang for our sin. There he suffered our woe. There he showed the profound depths into which he deliberately went, all so that the eternity of condemnation we so richly deserve will not strike us. The call to repentance continues to sound in this world. God's word is proclaimed with the power to break into pieces, to root out and pull down, and to build and to plant. Jesus does not scold as if to shame you into trying harder. Rather, he kills and he makes alive. Forgiveness of sin is life for you, promised in Jesus Christ. Being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Live in repentance, knowing your sin, knowing even more your Savior from all sin, Jesus Christ. Lord, on thee alone I stay me, safely hide beneath thy wing. Death can neither hurt nor slay me. Thy death took away his sting, that I may in thee have part, comfort, strengthen, heal my heart, light and life and love bestowing, all from thy free mercy flowing. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.